Hello, what is up and what is good? It is Ryan Dreyer. Today is Wednesday, December 1st, and I am making a concerted effort to drop in with some shorter podcast episodes, um, really grow the podcast here and just check in a little bit more frequently with things that I'm learning and just kind of hit record, riff a little bit and put more out there. So today I am going to be talking about seed oils and how they impact cognitive function. Um, I am in the middle of reading a book called Deep Nutrition by Catherine Shanahan. And the book really goes into everything related to nutrition, but it specifically attacks seed oils and sugar, uh, two things that if you've been following me, you know that I'm on board with cutting those out. Um, but until this point, you know, generally understanding that they're bad and having a little bit of a sense of why has kind of been the the max of my seed oil and sugar knowledge. Um, so this book has really opened my eyes to what seed oils actually do and using this pod here to dive into the mental side of things and truthfully just one aspect of how seed oils impact cognitive function and brain health in general. So I dropped a tweet thread on this. I dropped an article on my website. I'm going to reference those here and uh, just kind of go off the cuff a little bit. So let's get to it. Here is how seed oils limit brain function, dumb down your thinking, and lower emotional intelligence. That's the first line of my thread here. I thought that was pretty catchy. I have a pretty funny graphic in here of a brain looking completely dead and uh, zombified, I'd say. Um, but ultimately, there are two core ways that seed oils get in and do those three things just listed. Um, ultimately, they weaken brain cells, and then they deactivate the brain's defense system. So these two things in conjunction ultimately slow thinking and shorten thought patterns. So we need to understand how that works by taking a look at how the brain ultimately functions and how thoughts and ideas grow and evolve. So thoughts basically evolve by jumping from nerve to nerve via neurotransmitters. I've got a diagram here on my website. It's gonna show how this works basically, but if you just visualize basically two pieces of spaghetti that are very close but not touching, the one piece is the end of the first nerve where the thought is coming from. It is then sending a neurotransmitter out into space, which is then being grabbed by piece of pasta number two. Um, in nerve number one, these neurotransmitters are carried in something called vesicles. And on nerve number two, they are accepted by receptors. So this made a lot of sense to me when I thought about this as a baseball analogy. So let's think about somebody who's having a catch. Person one is throwing the ball. Their arm is the vesicle. I think I said vesicle earlier. It's a vesicle. Their arm is the vesicle that is carrying the baseball, which is the neurotransmitter. The neurotransmitter is then thrown into the air and ultimately caught by player two, which is nerve two, and the glove of player two is the receptor. So we've got arm throwing ball being caught by glove. That made a lot of sense to me. And when we think about how thoughts continue to grow and evolve, you think about someone always throwing the ball to somebody new. So that ball is not going back to player one, it's going then to player three, player four, and this is how thoughts grow and evolve. Basically zap around the brain using electricity. Now this system is extremely delicate and the effectiveness and the integrity of this system is absolutely crucial for high quality thinking. 
There was a study that I referenced here in 2018 that shows a clear link between neuron speed in the brain and intelligence. So if your nerves, if your neurons are zapping around and passing thoughts around quickly, you are of higher intelligence than someone who is having slowed nerve function and the impaired transfer or blocked transfer of those neurotransmitters. So I think we're holding on to it so far. It's making a little bit of sense. And now we need to understand where something can go wrong in this process and how seed oils play a part in that. So we talked about basically the transfer of these neurotransmitters, these vesicles taking it from nerve one, passing it into the air, being caught by receptor on nerve two. Now in the transfer of that whole process, what can get in the way are called free radicals. Now I've heard this term thrown around a lot, but I didn't really understand it until really breaking this whole process down. Free radicals basically come in and they attack all cells that are playing a part in this process and they damage their function within this internal system. And when they get in and destroy and really mess up cells in this system, that ultimately just limits cell function and it stops neurotransmitters from being processed or being passed to new nerves and it ultimately inhibits the development of thoughts. This then is where antioxidants come in. So I'll loop back on this in a second, but this is where antioxidants come in. They protect cells from free radicals. So we have this system, we have this, this baseball catch that I had described, and now let's break it down a little bit more or expand it. This baseball catch is happening on a baseball field, and the fence around the baseball field are antioxidants. Free radicals, let's think about them as football players. There's a football field next to the baseball field. Football players, let's think about a cornerback. The cornerback, he wants an interception. He wants to pick off the ball, okay? Antioxidants are the fence around the baseball field keeping the cornerbacks out of the playing field and allowing the cells that are being used in this transfer of neurotransmitters to work as they're supposed to. Now here's where seed oils come in. Seed oils sabotage this antioxidant defense system. So seed oils break down the fence around the field. And the reason is all because of the heating in the processing of seed oils. That is really the, the differentiation between quote bad seed oils and good seed oils is it is all in the heating. Because seed oils are intensely heated during their processing, they are unstable and oxidative. This all has to do with oxygen getting into the fat cells in these oils, but this is the key point that differentiates bad seed oils like canola oil and sunflower oil from okay oils and healthy oils that are cold pressed like olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, etc. So we're getting back to this here. Because of the oxidative nature of seed oils, the oxidative stress turns the polyunsaturated fatty acids that are inside seed oils into free radicals. So let's break this down one more time. The heat in the processing of the seed oils leads to a higher likelihood of oxidative stress 
which then turns the seed oil polyunsaturated fatty acid into a free radical that we already know attacks cells. So I've got a little flow chart here that I'm gonna read off. Heat in seed oil production leads to instability and high oxidation, which then leads to oxidative stress, which then leads to PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids, turning into free radicals, which then attack the brain, which then prevent nerve connection, which then limit cognitive function. So now that we understand how seed oils play a role in that, I think it's important to reference or re-reference antioxidants. Because a whole food diet that has antioxidants like foods like cinnamon, blueberries, turmeric, ginger, these are foods that have antioxidant properties. Probably heard about that before. And this is one area where those antioxidant properties come in and really help out. A diet that's rich in antioxidant foods really helps protect and preserve nerve function in the brain and ultimately aids cognitive ability. Then on the other hand, seed oils and a diet that consists of seed oils, especially a diet that consists of seed oils on the regular, limits the brain in every way and ultimately worsens your thinking. You can check out my website here for a quick list of what's described as good and bad, but in general, I really just view this as like olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, and I've recently learned that palm oil is cool. And really anything else is bad. Um, and I don't find that that's super difficult to navigate. Um, and I'll get into that in a moment. But if you wanted to check out that list, um, I've got a screenshot or a picture from Deep Nutrition that's over on the website. My tips for getting seed oils out of your diet ultimately just comes down to being mindful of ingredient lists. Like, I do not think that most people are cooking in their home on a regular basis with canola oil. I don't. And I think that that is why most people don't understand the seed oil issue. It's because when they think of seed oils, they're just like, oh yeah, I cook with olive oil, whatever. But the problem really lies in packaged foods. And there are really two ways that you can view this. You can have a very limiting perspective and see that seed oils are everywhere and be like, oh my God, I can't really avoid them. This is such a pain in the ass. These are all the foods that I like, whatever, whatever. Or you can choose an abundant perspective and you can simply opt for foods that comply. And there are more and more organic brands coming out these days that actually do comply with this. Like if you can find some packaged foods today that have like coconut oil as the base, like that's awesome. And that is a really sign that we are moving these discussions into a more positive light and they're becoming more, I guess, front of conscious for consumers and companies that are making food. Naturally, if you're mindful of this, this will guide you to eating a more real food diet, which is the ultimate goal in all of this. And so where do I kind of leave this all? This really just gives me the confidence and the power that improving nutrition can legitimately improve the quality of your thoughts. And that if you improve your nutrition, you have the ability to outthink your current obstacles and outthink bad habits that you have not been able to kick. So I think about somebody who's like addicted to junk food or who just cannot seem to get their diet right and their diet naturally consists of a bunch of seed oils. And after breaking this down, I hope that you start to recognize that like this is just a cycle that feeds into itself. Like somebody cannot break free of their poor dietary choices because their poor dietary choices are limiting their cognitive function. 
and they're not thinking as strongly and as effectively as they can be. And if you think about like an electrical zap of a brain and thoughts zipping around, expanding, growing, evolving, like think about these seed oils just putting up roadblocks at all these different nerves and completely limiting cognitive function. And so when you start to remove these seed oils and you start to lean on a whole food diet that then also includes some antioxidants, not only are you reversing the harm that those seed oils did in limiting nerve to nerve connection, blocking off those neurotransmitters, you are now adding useful and protective tools that encourage your thoughts to expand and to grow. And I just think that this is super, super important to understand and gives a real solid foundation for how improving your diet can not only improve your thinking, but can improve your overall mental health. Because ultimately, when you take a look at this in the short term, the limiting of thoughts by seed oils negatively impacts everything from mood to critical thinking to trying to establish new habits. But then when we zoom out onto the long term, this manifests into Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, and even ALS. And these are all diseases of the brain and diseases of limited cognitive function. So that's probably a good place to wrap. Uh, coming up on 15 minutes here, quick little dive, quick little breakdown. Um, but I think this is really useful information and I think that anybody who knows of seed oils but maybe isn't really understanding of why they're bad or how they're bad, this is just one way that I think makes a ton of sense and everybody should be super cognizant of their mental health and I don't think that enough people look at nutrition as a way to improve mental health. So that's the point of this post, this podcast. Um, I will hopefully be back on here again soon with something new. But otherwise, I feel really good about this. Um, I really am happy to have learned this. This connected a lot of dots for me. And I hope this knowledge is used to empower you and improve your nutritional decisions and really encourage you to know that like if you can make it past that first week or that second week or whatever the breaking point is for you to root home better eating patterns, it will get easier because your thinking will improve. And we all wanna think better, we all wanna be better. And we're not gonna be able to do that if our brain is being limited in its function and its ability. So let's fucking go. Eat some good food, get some antioxidants in you, and let's level up. Have a good one.